Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, who loves us with a transforming love, from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, and from the Spirit who unites us all. Amen. I've been thinking a lot about naming lately as I've been preparing for tonight. Like, I think it would be really fun to, like, name things, to create a language. And then I thought, oh my gosh, there's people in our world who actually do that. Like George Lucas or J.K. Rowling, they created whole new worlds to tell their stories, and they totally got to create new names for all sorts of things. And I wonder, how do they come up with that? Like Quidditch, where did that word come from? Or Alderaan as a name for a planet? Or what about those who create a whole new language? Like how cool would that be? Because you know, like Klingon is now a thing that people speak, some people or elvish. I mean, I just think that is so fascinating. Or you can even name different races like Klingon or Ferengi or Bajoran. Can you tell I've been watching a lot of sci-fi lately? But names are so important, and naming things are important. But names, for us human beings, shape our identity. And not just our given names, although I like mine, and I think it does shape a little bit of who I am, but there's these other names, these titles that we can carry with us. My favorite are auntie, friend, and pastor. What are some of the names that you carry that are important to you, the things that shape how you are in the world? I want you to take a few moments to think about that, and then I want you to turn to someone nearby and share with them who you are. You don't have to whisper. It's okay. Here's the thing about names. People can give them to us, like my parents gave me my name, but they can give them to us to, to describe the hope and the dreams they have for us or to lift us up, but they can also give them to us and not be nice about it. Because names are not only good things, but names can actually harm who we are or harm other people. Especially when we use names to dehumanize people or to stereotype people, when we use names to harm or perpetuate harm. I think of all the names that have been used for people of color that help like, make them not human people. Or the current rhetoric in the political sphere as we lump large groups of people and then we make assumptions about them based on the groups we've put them in. It's so easy to do. It's so easy to fall into because then we don't have to care that there's an actual human being. So I'm trying very hard, I'm not always successful, of working on expressing my frustration with individual people and their behavior instead of lumping them with a whole bunch of groups and labeling them and that's never helpful. But this reminds me that on the other side of my frustration is a real live human being so that I keep myself in check to not demonize them but to call their actions and their words into question, which again is really hard. Think about some names that have been used to harm you and then turn to that same person and share those.
Names matter. They can be used to lift up or to tear down. And they have power because they indicate our relationships with other people. So when somebody calls me Karen, it's usually a friend. Katie, it's my father or my siblings. Pastor Karen, it might be one of you. Auntie Karen, one of my nieces or nephews. Progressive, depending on who I'm talking about. It could be a good thing or a bad thing. Artist, musician, all of those indicate our relationship together. And that's what God is doing here in our story today. God names God's self. And in the naming, reminds the people of the relationship that God has with them. So this story told in Exodus is thought to have happened around 1250 BCE. That's a really long time ago. And in this first part of Exodus, where we are today, God hears the cries of the Israelites and remembers the covenant that God has made with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob, all those stories that we heard in Genesis. And so God chooses to appear to Moses, this special dual identity person that was born a Jew, but then raised in Pharaoh's house, but then leaves because he did some bad things. And so he chooses this person to answer those cries. And I love the way God appears to Moses. It's so astonishing that it draws Moses in. Like, he has to check it out. Like, what's going on? And I think it's such a beautiful image of how God draws us in to the astonishing. And then God gives a couple instructions. Don't come closer or you'll hurt yourself. And take off your shoes, for this is holy ground. Well, friends, we're on holy ground too. So if you would like, you can take off your shoes. This is a lot easier when I sit down. Then God, who has apparently felt quite absent from God's people, introduces himself to Moses. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Here on the mountain, beside this astonishing bush, God reaffirms his relationship with Moses even before revealing the name that God, that Moses will ask of God. And then God tells Moses to remind the people of the promise that God has made. Say to the Israelites, when after Moses asks for a real name, I am who I am, which is actually an unpronounceable name in Hebrew. I am who I am the God of your ancestors, the God of the promise. This God has sent me, has heard you. And this is God's name forever. And this is God's title for generations. You know when you meet someone who knew you when you were little and then they see you after you're grown and they usually say something like, you probably don't remember this, but I used to babysit you. This is what God is doing with Moses, reminding Moses of the relationship between God and God's people, and then reassuring him, and by extension them, that the promise still exists for them and for their children and for their children's children, and on and on and on. 
And there are a lot of names that these people give to God. Mostly these names are ways to ascribe characteristics to the divine. Shepherd, holy, mother hen, rock, fortress. For us, though, here in the 21st century, the name that we hold most precious for this God of ours is Jesus. Because it is through Jesus that we see the fulfillment of the promise made so long ago to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and all who followed. It's through Jesus that we understand that promise to include us, who are not Jews, and to mean that the power of God's love is indeed ours to claim, and that God's grace and forgiveness and peace live in and through us. That Isaiah's words, I have called you by name, you are mine, are ours as well. And those names that we carry, the precious names that God calls us, is forgiven, beloved child of God. Praise be to God for the one who names us and calls us his own. Amen.